As I mentioned, uh, another great story to come out of uh, the grand finals in country football uh, across the state during the weekend is Brett Peake's story. I did speak to him a little while back. He's uh, nestled himself nicely into the southwest community down there, more the great southern community, and at the weekend was involved in a premiership. Played many a final when he decided to leave Fremantle and go to St Kilda, and he joins us on the program now. Brett, thanks for your time. Afternoon, Pete. Thanks for having me. How are you? I've, uh, how were the celebrations, firstly? <laughs> Um, oh, I'm getting too old for it now, but uh, it was it was good. It was just, um, I suppose, yeah, just to, just to celebrate with the boys, the supporters, everyone who's uh, you know ever ever helped the club uh, in its sort of journey. It was just good to reflect on the tough times and obviously. Uh, the excitement of, of winning the, the big one on Saturday. Yes, uh, you beat Railways in what was a big game, Albany Railways, 9-12-66 to 7-6-48, after winning just two matches in 12 years and being dubbed by many as maybe Australia's worst footy team. Uh, you won your first ever league premiership uh, in that grand final. Now, tell us about the team. Tell us about the club. Uh, was it a bit unfair labelling them the worst footy team in country footy? Um, well, I, I wasn't there when they, I suppose, got classified as the worst. It's a pretty big call. There's a lot of footy clubs uh, around Australia and, and, a, and a lot that sort of haven't won games for many a seasons. But um, they obviously, yeah, they, they did struggle. Uh, and I was lucky enough, this is my third year now, and the year before I rocked up, um, they didn't win a game. They'd lost games by, you know, in excess of 150 points. And I always say at footy clubs, if sort of the senior hierarchy, the coaching, the, the, the board, all that sort of higher level, and if, if they can take control of, of the bigger picture and put a plan in place, everything will sort of eventually come the way of which everyone involved in the club wants, and that's to win a grand final. So uh, there's been many a hard work from, from many a people at the club to get it to where it is at this stage. Some that are obviously still there working tirelessly, more than ever, and then others that have obviously, you know, been along uh, for the journey who also were there on the weekend and got to celebrate with everyone in what was a momentous occasion for the club. Tell us about your president, a uh, female president, I believe the only female president uh, in the great Southern uh, Football League who had been there through the tough times and would have really savoured uh, the grand final win at the weekend. Oh, she's a bloody ripper. Um, She's like she's she's pretty much like a second mum to to all the players because she makes she makes sure that obviously the, the clubs ran right and everything's going. But she also cares about the welfare of of the team and how they're going. And for her, she I've never I've never seen someone uh, who puts in so much work to a footy club. And I know there's a lot of people that do, but to see it firsthand. And I, I say it to the young guys that when you get older uh, and you're involved in footy clubs you sort of reflect on how much actually goes into it. When you're young, you just rock up to training, rock up to game day, do what you need to do, um, and then, you know, off you go. So I suppose for me, it's, it's understanding what goes in to get a club to this moment. And, um, yeah, she's been a mountain of work, along with a, a lot of other people as well. But um, she, she certainly savoured the moment. And... Um, I don't think she'll forget it for a very, very long time. Yeah, Tracy Blasco is her name. So congratulations to her and the committee and all the players that pulled on that teal jersey and helped the team lift its very first premiership. So uh, you've had a pretty 
good career. You know, East Fremantle, Fremantle, St Kilda, and I know you live in that part of the world now. You would have enjoyed that. I, I did. Um, it still hasn't sort of sunk in. I, I, people forget. I, I'm. I was forty this year, so wow. Um, I still. I still cop it to. to well, I call it trying to still play the game. I don't think every. I don't think anyone will ever master the, the game of AFL. And I'm fortunate enough uh, that I'm. St- I still get to play, and I, I still get to play at the highest level that I can. And I get to, you know, hopefully share some of my knowledge that I've learned from the old man, from some of the greats that I've played with along my journey. And um, yeah, I, it, it was pretty special. It was pretty special because uh, it was the first one for the club. Um, you know, just how it all evolved. And it was it was a gritty win as well. We played a really, really solid team who beat us in the grand final the year before. So it's just another it's just another part of my personal footy career and, and journey. And when that ends, I suppose I'll sit back and reflect. But at the moment, uh, it's still a little bit of a blur and a little bit surreal, I could probably say. Well, you know about finals football. After all, when you went to St Kilda during the 2009 trade week, in the end, I think you played about seven finals matches, including two grand finals for the Saints. Are you happy to see him back playing finals football this year? Yeah, I don't know if it was when I was last on with you. I I think you might have asked me a question about Ross, and I said he'll get him to the finals this year. Mm. Um, A lot of people probably sort of laughed at me, uh, and I I make it pretty clear that you know, he's the, the greatest coach that I've ever had and it's just the way that he goes about it. So um, for where they are now, uh, it's obviously deserved and um, they're a big chance this, this week. So um, I'm sure he's got them ready to go. And um, I think it's going to be a really, really tight final series this year. Um, I, I think it could go between any of the top eight sides on their day. I know that's very cliche, but um, yeah, some of the clubs are firing at the right end of the season. Now, you did say to me that you thought, uh, and this was early on in the season when we spoke to you, suggesting, I think it may have been when the Saints were playing one of uh, either the Eagles and the Dockers, and I got you on to reflect on your time at St Kilda. And you did say, and I remember clearly, that you feel that Saints had a pretty good chance, uh, if almost a certain chance, of playing in the AFL finals this season. When you get there, Brett, uh, it's a hard grind. You've got to go through home and away and you finally get there. And when you're playing in an elimination final like St Kilda is and like the other three clubs, you know, Carlton, Sydney, GWS, all taking part in a make-or-break game, yeah, there's no, there is no chances here, a second chance if we can term it. You make a couple of serious mistakes and it could be gone just like that after working so hard since March to get where you are. It can be over with, you know, a, a, a wrong decision as a player or a wrong coaching move, and, and, it, and it can. Um, finals, uh, when people ask you what a finals feel like as a player, it's amazing how from round whatever, 22, 23, however many, a week later or two weeks, because they have the buy, how much a game can change in tempo, in hardness, um, in emotion. It is, it's a crazy thing. Uh, and, and even playing finals at a lower level, is the exact same thing. The game goes up tenfold. And um, when you know it's potentially your, your last game of the season and it's as do or die, you're virtually throwing everything, possibly as an individual and as a team, to obviously carry on to go to that next week. And 
hopefully uh, lift that trophy at the end of the year. Yeah, no, it's going to be a very interesting final series. And I think you're one of many people that are really finding it very difficult, not only to select four winners this weekend, but also to predict who could be in the grand finale at the end of September. I played a song earlier, in fact, Brett, uh, and it came out about 1995. Uh, it was sung by Greg Champion, and it was called The Thing I Like About Football. That's the thing I like about football. And he sort of takes us back to those days of, you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, and even to the early 2000s, how it was, I think, a more blue-collar sport than it is now. What do you like about football now? Because it's changed so significantly even in the 10 years that you've been out of the game. Um, what do you like about football now and what do you miss about football that perhaps was part of your experience with the game either here in Western Australia or in Victoria? Oh, the game now is too, too commercial. Um, it's, don't get me wrong, and I haven't watched much at all. My, my sort of watching days and, and that are sort of over now, so it, it is a little bit of ill of me to, to speak on it, but I just see it is such a business now, like, Clubs are ran as such a business. I, I would, if it was me now and I was getting drafted, I, I would struggle. Um, I sort of came through that sort of era where, uh, yeah, you could you could have a decent Mad Monday and you could have a decent Christmas party and, and have a few beers and let your hair down. Whereas now, um, everything's so scrutinised uh, on the players that you know they get caught doing anything. So. Mm. Um, that would probably be a blight from, from my sort of uneducated outside view, um, that it's just too much of a business. Um, I don't know if we spoke about it last time. I still reckon the draft age needs to be uh, lifted to 20. I think that's the biggest thing that will change the game. Uh, I know it's only two years, but I think if they lift the draft age, it'll, I think it will help the competition and help the young kids who come in at 18 and get spat out at sort of 2021. 20, um, what I liked about it sort of when I was playing and obviously I was fortunate enough to grow up watching dad. Um, I really enjoyed the olden days footies. Um, so what was I in 83? So late eighties, early nineties even. Um, and some of the greatest to have ever played the game. I got to watch Gary Ablett senior. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I liked those days. The game was a lot different. It's so from a sports science point of view now, they, everything is mapped and GPS and you, you sort of can't hide as a player. You, you're virtually like a, a robot. So um, at the end of the day, when, when it's on, I do still enjoy watching it, but I'm, I'm certainly not as heavily invested as I have been over the years. I think it's coming to that point now where footy for me is going to be done and dusted and I probably won't have anything to do with footy uh, once I make that call. Yeah, good on you, Brad. Uh, of course, uh, you've got other priorities in life as we all do as we get older, of course, with family and sort of other interests outside what was your profession for a number of years. Finally, as you mentioned, you sort of keep a bit of a handle on what's happening. It's been a tough year for WA footy, hasn't it, with the Eagles and the Dockers? It has, um, especially for the Eagles. Uh, from all reports, though, they started to get a little bit of the style of play and they had a few senior players come back and um, you, you know got a, got a win towards the end. And, and, and really, from what I hear, is they started to get it back a little bit. Obviously, the external noise in regards to you know Simpson yelling and that. My biggest thing is he took him to a premiership in, what, four years ago, five years ago? Um, mm. And everyone's quick to jump down his throat. And the, you know, the team's had a pretty bleak two or three years, I think. But sometimes supporters and footy lovers just need to take a backward step and understand that 
it, it's not easy. Not not a team can make the grand final every year and, and win finals and win games. So hopefully they sort of take their foot off the pedal on that one. And, and you, you don't like seeing any team, uh, you know, do as bad as they did. And then on the flip side, obviously seeing Fremantle do so well last year. Uh, and I think I said to you as well, I, I, I said that they wouldn't make the eight. Um, and they probably should have been a top four side. So in regards to trade period this year, um, what they need to add, if they can add you know, a couple more players, I still think their youth is the one that's going to get them into the finals next year and take them to potentially that first premiership. Um, some of their kids are, are A-grade footballers. And it seems like they've got a real level head and um, mature beyond their years. So next year's a big one for them. Next one's a, a massive year for Fremantle. So um, I suppose we'll sit back. They'll... Uh, have their time off and come back in pre-season and and be pretty hungry. Good on you, Brett. Lovely uh, talking to you again. I I really enjoy our chats. Congratulations on getting a a probably a bonus by playing with the Albany Sharks and uh, being involved in the great Southern Football League Premiership. It would have been very well celebrated and very well received uh, at the weekend, and you were part of it. And uh, we thank you for sharing that experience with us and give us an insight on uh, certainly football today and the Saints' hopes. Just in a word, can Saints beat GWS? Yeah, I think they can. Yeah, good on you. All right, mate. I'm keeping my fingers crossed, too. I I want the Saints to win, too, for your sake and Jimmy's sake, my producer out there. Thanks for joining us, uh, Brett, and we'll keep in touch. Have a great uh, weekend weekend. Appreciate it. Thanks. Good on you. Brett Peake joining us on the program. Uh, Just before we take a break, Tony from Woodvale's been on the uh, temper of bedshed text. Hey, Peter, you forgot to ask the East Perth coach yesterday, who I did speak to, about the four... People on the field in Claremont Colours. He's referring to the umpires. I can't say that word. Uh, yeah, they East Perth supporters were far from happy. I must admit, I said that yesterday. I just thought, to be fair, the four-umpire system didn't really work in the waffle in the game that I saw at Leaderville Oval. There's mass confusion and a lot of mistakes made by the officials. But as they say, they are humans, and humans make mistakes.